song, Cold Open, whenever Rob walks in. <laughs> oh, hey, thanks for showing up. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you good? My director to tell me I'm ready. <laughs> You're listening to Those Dram Yinzers with your hosts, John and Zach. Hey everyone, I'm John. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Those Dram Yinzers where we drink whiskey and talk about it. For everything Those Dram Yinzers, be sure to visit thosedramyinzers.com. You can find our social media links our Patreon page, order form for our hats, and Zach's favorite website. John, are you talking about dramit.threadless.com? Why, yes, I am. Oh, my goodness. What a great site. You can get, like, shirts and stuff there, which is great because in order to go places, you really need shirts. Shirts and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you want to wear shirts, go places and put our kids through college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. Go ahead and shop it. Yeah. Dramit.threadless.com. If you want to sponsor the show or have us review an, a product on the show, let us give us a DM or send us an email. Well, we're not drinking today yet. But should we get started? Hell yeah, we should get started. They've been patiently waiting for us. Yes. We take it for Our 30-minute setup took an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like PennDOT. <laughs> yeah, I was working. You were standing around. No. <laughs> I was taking pictures. How dare you? Oh, goodness. I love messing with you. As you can hear in the background, it's not just Zach and I today. We are at, and it's a little echoey because we're actually in Pretty much a construction zone, right? Yeah. Yep. Plus the um, hats. Plus the ha- yeah. Hence the hats. If you're watching this on video, we are at the soon-to-be new location for Liberty Pole Spirits. Which I, I don't haven't. think we go an episode without talking about them. So you guys know we were going to be here to do another round with this new new uh, new project they have. So. Rob disappeared on us, so um, so we get to say whatever we want. For yeah, him. we can talk about him the whole time. <laughs> Oh. Now, last time we, we, we met with them, it was 2019, pre-COVID. That's how long it was since we last had our... our I feel like that's our, part of the reason why we talk about them every show, is it's just been way it's too been long way too with them, so we yes. just need to talk about them. <laughs> and that time, we only had Kevin and Rob. And so this round, I said, mm-mm-mm, mom and dad aren't getting out of this one. They're coming. <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> so we have... I mean, Rob will join us soon, but we have the family. We have Jim... Uh, Kevin and Ellen with us. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Glad to be here. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. Well, thanks for allowing us to crash your, your spot. <laughs> yes. Given this is an active construction zone, we know you guys are hard at work and are on a timeline. So thanks for letting us kind of, you know, mess that up a little bit. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's fun to have you guys and it's fun to be here. We've been we've been chomping at the bit to be here for and it's going on. Oh, yeah, broke on May 15th last year, right? It's been over, coming up on a year, over a year. I'm really impressed with like, you guys busted through this thing. I mean, I can't believe this is only a year built right now. I've seen like single family homes that take longer to get up. Yeah, <laughs> we've heard that. We've heard that it's been good, but we've had to change it. Right, we've had a great contractor, but that we've had to change a lot. I think the we keep referring to it as having built itself because oh, sorry, we can't get this air conditioning unit, but this other one's available. Or, oh, sorry, we can't get this type of furniture, but this other furniture is available. And so it's coming together. It looks really good, but a lot of it was building itself, I think. Mm -hmm. 
No, it looks amazing. Yeah. For anyone listening, you guys are going to have to check out the video. <laughs> so let's, you know, let's, we're talking about it. Your main location, original location is downtown Washington. But for our listeners, where is the new place located? Where are we currently at? We are about five miles away from our original location. Uh, we are just off of Racetrack Road uh, in North Strabane, Washington County, um, literally a mile off of 79 couple miles off Interstate 70, so very accessible location, uh, right down from the Meadows Casino, which is now the Hollywood Casino, cross street from Tanger Outlet. So really a kind of a busy corridor, uh, so it's, mm-hmm. it, it's easy to get to, and there's a lot of other things to do if you come to visit us. So what's different now? Like, So it's been 2019 was when we first talked, right? And at that point... You are just starting to fill, fully fill, like only filling your 53 at that point. So what's what's different than now than what was going on then? You know, I think the, the cool thing is really not much. We we do whiskey and we try to make really good whiskey. I think from from you know, even the first days, it's it's all we do. So yeah, that 19 would have been starting to fill the full-size barrels up mm-hmm. from we started in the five-gallon barrels, yep. hit every size barrel in between, and and just started trying to do more and more of, of what we love, of whiskey. And uh, so we're bottling exclusively the 53-gallon barrels. We have been for quite some time. We're really proud of the whiskey right now. I think I think everyone's very happy uh, with how the whiskey tastes, and yeah, we're, we're, we're excited. Not, not much different, just... Just older, I guess. <laughs> a lot of single barrel program like uh, offerings have come out since then too, especially after once you moved into the fifty threes, right? Yeah, a little easier to do those ones, huh? For sure. Yeah, you know, as we're, we're besides being whiskey makers, we're also whiskey enthusiasts, mm-hmm. and um, I think all of us really enjoy single barrels and we enjoy the uniqueness and, and going to distilleries that offer single barrel programs. And you know, that was something that always was high on our list. And mm-hmm. we just kind of had to bide our time until our big barrels kind of reached that point where they truly were um, ready and unique. And, um, you know, we have a pretty high bar for single barrels. You know, we've got a lot, a lot of barrels in the pipeline and we're excited. I mean, our goal is to always have uh, at least one probably more uh, single barrels as distillery only uh, releases uh, in our new place. And you've had uh, single barrels. It's not just like just been the rye or just been the bourbon. Like you've had single barrels of almost every type of offering you have at this point. We call it the single barrel standard, you know, around <laughs> here, right? It's, it's if, if a barrel downstairs, if it kind of meets that standard where, you know, it could be either incredibly different, unique, like the pecan pie barrel that tasted mm. Tasted uh, and, and very much off profile from the standard rye, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be like that, or it could just be a really good example of the core, you know, spirit. If it's rye or bourbon or peated, and mm-hmm. and um, and if it meets that level and and tastes pretty good, uh, either barrel proof and sometimes we'll add a little bit of water. Oftentimes it's it's pretty close to barrel proof. Yeah, that is it. Can I can I tell them about the keys and see if they have an opinion? Definitely. So we, you remember the ghost barrel? You remember mm-hmm. the story of how the ghost came and drank some of the whiskey, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. And it always seems like whatever, um, whatever. Hey, Rob. Hi. Hello. I'm telling the ghost story again. 
The, uh, the, uh, but whatever, whatever barrel we put in that spot always seems to age perfectly. And we've never really been able to find the science behind it. And so we've had a lot of psychics that have come in and they've gone downstairs and they give us all their opinion of, they feel the ghost. We had a Buddhist monk down there with some equipment one day, get catching vibrations. And he suggested if you want to take this, he said, this is a good, whatever it is, it's it's a good feeling. It's a joyful spirit down here that's enjoying drinking out of the barrel in that location. And he said, why don't you set some old keys down here? And then you can take some the old keys with you to the new barrel house. And then hopefully the whiskey will age the same as as it is where we are now. We're confident it's going to be way better because, you know, it's full of air and everything. But still, I don't want to, you know, take any chances. So I've got the keys laying down there by the ghost spot. And last week at the family meeting, Kevin said to me, Mom, why, why are you taking keys of a ghost who drinks our whiskey? <laughs> Just leave the keys here, Mom. Yeah. Did you think to call the Ghostbusters? <laughs> no, I, I did not think to call the Ghostbusters. <laughs> you want to keep the ghost, right? I mean, you don't want to scare it away. Like, well, I they transport that- as well. <laughs> it's, it's one of the services they offer. <laughs> they catch and release. <laughs> so last time we talked about getting liberty polls started and the process that went into that so talk to us about the process that went into deciding I mean, even the decision process of we gotta we gotta go bigger pretty much right after we bought the uh the 600 gallon still and mm-hmm. realized we were running out of space to store barrels <laughs> <laughs> Well, especially when you went from uh, up to 53s, you know, no more 30s. They, they take a little bit more room. Off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who wants to tell that one? I don't, uh, Rob hasn't talked yeah. to you. You tell Rob. I don't know yeah, the answer to this question. <laughs> 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 this is not the right one for me. <laughs> Rob's like, I'm only here, so I don't get fired. <laughs> I, I, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take a chance at it. Um, no, it's just you know. It, I think you know. It's it's the old um, the old uh, saying that you know you either you know go big or you die, or you grow or you you die. So you know we had reached capacity, um, not only in terms of barrel storage but production. We couldn't bring any more tanks in. We couldn't get bigger tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the production side was you know was at its limit, and and the tasting room. You know, we 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 have a a pretty awesome uh, craft cocktail program and and we do a you know we do a really nice uh, business for cocktail crowds on the weekends and you know that was bursting at the seams so everything kind of was just you know screaming you guys need to you know you, you need to expand this so mm-hmm. we we checked out we we looked at a, a several places in Washington. I mean, Washington was our home. We loved it. We have a, you know, a great uh, relationship with the, with the people of Washington, but it, you know, it's tough being an urban distillery. And and if you guys talk to other distillers that are located in cities, you know, we get big 18 wheel trucks that come in for deliveries and farm trucks to deliver grain. And it's, it's very difficult to maneuver through city streets. So, yeah. um, in the end, I think it was, you know, it was it was probably for the best that we couldn't find a, a, a suitable location in Washington. Mm-hmm. And this spot here uh, uh, on Racetrack Road was available. And, um, you know, we took one look at it and I think all of us went back that night, said that's that's it. That's where that's where we got to move. 
And you know, this gives us this gives us all the uh, you know all the things we needed. We've got a bigger space. We've got a bigger production facility. We've got an amazing barrel warehouse, uh, the only one of its kind in Pennsylvania. You know, it, and it's just a great environment. I think there's 800 hotel rooms, 16 restaurants near us. Um, yeah, there's a winery um, that J and D Winery has a tasting room over here, and um, same with White Horse Brewing has a tasting room right here. So literally, it's a staycation. Mm-hmm. You can get away for the weekend and enjoy yourself a little bit. So I, I said to Zach when I when I was first looking at where it was, and I was like, "There's a there's a hotel right across the street, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, <laughs> we, and food right here, was, like." Yeah. I think very it's going to be very necessary, but also dangerous because it means you're probably going to be here more. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm not going shopping up at Grove City anymore. I'm no, no your outlets, not Tanker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then when you're exhausted from shopping, you just come over, sit in front of the fireplace on a beautiful me. old tavern table, the nice cocktail. Exactly. I think it sounds good. And our chairs are going to be right here in front that's of mine. Right. <laughs> right. Our chairs. Our chairs. Yeah. <laughs> or Jared. So, and we, we have negotiated some uh, some better rates with some of the hotels. Oh no! Oh, terrific strip. So uh, we'll we'll link those on our website. Oh, perfect. Oh, amazing. Well, I guess we'll just use that more than. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So when you first started, was this ever a dream? Yes. Like, <laughs> like when you first started, did you ever think like in X amount of years, like we're going to be needing to build? No, I think we're all in incredible shock. <laughs> you can tell my yeah. No answer. <laughs> no answer. <laughs> I no, I mean it's I think it's hard to believe. I think it's uh I think we always wanted to be a, a good whiskey distillery and, and thought of as 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 such and this is almost I think a you know beyond our, our kind of what we had dreamt. But yeah, we're happy to be here though. And the big difference, you know, not only for delivery reasons right having your own space out here is that you build it so you were moving into another building like you did when you first but you were kind of stuck with the structure of that this one you got to literally make it what you need to fit your needs no one to blame but ourselves if uh, if we don't like it (laughs) (laughs) exactly well that's actually what's pretty cool about the place is um having the opportunity to build it kind of from the ground up um after all those decisions were made it uh, it doesn't feel all that different. So now that we're kind of in the last phase of things, you walk through the back distillery and you're like, "Yep, I recognize all this stuff." Okay, I <laughs> had a pump like this before, you know. And so now that all this is in, you kind of walk around. And you're like, "Wow, this is this is nice," but it's very familiar. So mm-hmm. it works. I also well. think it's it's um, it was a chance to really honor the rye whiskey tradition of Pennsylvania. And so what we did here was, you know, based on what has been successful for Kentucky, where we have the style of Rick House that makes fantastic whiskey in a climate that's similar to Kentucky. And then at the same time, you still honor southwestern Pennsylvania and the history of the whiskey, rye whiskey. And that's almost a heavy responsibility because you can't you can't let down all those years of people who've made uh, Pennsylvania rye famous. That is true. So uh, that's a warning, boys. You go to your room. (laughs) (laughs) With the old location, you had the famous story where you had gone to the graveyard and just doing things (laughs) the same day. Jim, you found, you know, the. Was there any any fun story of how this particular spot was found? (laughs) 
So, so yeah, I mean, I, I, there, there is. Yeah. <laughs> Dad was getting his morning donut. <laughs> Listen, if I could work next to Duncan every day. <laughs> we, we had, um, you know, we, we had an offer out on a property in Washington and, and, um, it just didn't work out. You know, we couldn't, we couldn't really reach a, a, a deal, an agreement on, on value. Uh, so we're really frustrated because we had kind of thought, okay, that, that place would really work well for us. It would keep us in Washington. It didn't work. And so just out of frustration, um, you know, I, I, went into my phone and I, I pulled up uh, a friend who uh, was affiliated with um, Horizon Properties who developed the street at the Meadows um, and South Point. And, mm-hmm. and I was thinking South Point, right? Industrial complex, you know, lots of office buildings, lots of people, easy to get to right off 79. So I, I asked Dan, I said, hey, you know, we need to move. We need more space. Is there anything in South Point that you think would fit? And he said, well... No, not really South Point, but we do have this lot, um, you know, uh, at the street at the Meadows that I think would be perfect. And and we came down that night and looked yeah. at it, and and it was a done deal. I mean, we knew then that that was that was going to be the place for us. Two hours after, uh, felt like our uh, hearts were broken after the the meeting didn't go so well. Um, like, the, uh, we were standing on the uh, the grass and <laughs> saying, "Let's do this." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you guys are sitting in the tasting room. Yeah. Talk. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Whatever this is. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is the bottle shop, Rob. Bottle shop, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, that's going to be a wall of whiskey over there. So let's do that. Let's go through the, the, the setup here. Where are we physically located? Rob, you going to answer this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know this one. It's the bottle shop. <laughs> that's going to be a wall of whiskey. <laughs> Rob doesn't usually leave the uh, production floor. <laughs> but you'll be able to come in here and you'll be able to um, just stop on, you know, if you just need to pick up a bottle. You'll also be able to enjoy tastings. We've we've um, been lucky to see some of our new employees and our old employees mixed together with great knowledge of whiskey. They'll be able to talk to you for hours about what you like and about how our whiskeys are similar and how they're aged. Where you're sitting right there, you're sitting in front of a fireplace with two, there'll be two wingback chairs there. And over the mantle, there'll be a TV with that video of how Liberty Pole got started on oh, a awesome. hill. So we could start tours here as well. All gotcha. the tours will be, we'll try to do a tour every single day and then three on Saturdays. And it's just a big giant circle. You'll walk out of here to the left. There'll be a little cigar smoking area. We have Liberty Pole cigars coming in that were developed and blended just for us with our little label on. And then you'll be able to walk right past all the grain bins that you see outside. Mm -hmm. And then right into the production area where they are. um, The mill room is right there. We never had a mill room before. So (laughs) like to say mill room. um, (laughs) But you you will be able to see where we actually bring in the local grain, Pennsylvania grown Mm -hmm. grain, and where we mill it. And then it'll go into the fermenters. Do you guys, am I saying this right? And You're down a rabbit hole at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're in the tasting room of the spirit shop right now. So, yeah. and, and kind of the line of thinking was um, at our current bar, it's, it's a pretty small bar, which has a really nice feeling. But sometimes it's this weird um, combination of people looking to get drinks and looking to get them fast and other people who want to be able to 
try the whiskey, talk about the whiskey. So mm-hmm. this room is specifically set aside for trying the whiskey, talking about the whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the main bar will be located out front. So, mm-hmm. And it's set up with more working fireplaces, a couple more wingbacks there, and some old tavern wooden tables with wooden chairs of all different so- stuff. Am I saying too much? <laughs> <laughs> and then if you get excited, get excited. We walk into the distillery. <laughs> but we left out the part where the tour, the best part of the tour is going to be walking around the bottom level of our five-story Rick house. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll be able to see the barrels. We're bringing over 600 a million, 11 billion <laughs> that we have stored somewhere. That's We're it. bringing them in. 11 billion barrels. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. 11 billion barrels. And then you'll be able to walk through that Rick house. It's going to smell so good because it's five stories and has um, windows all around. So the, it'll let the airflow go through. We're here on the top of a hill and it's going to smell so good. We'll walk you through that on your tour and come back in and and have a tasting. <laughs> you guys looking for a new host? Uh, right. <laughs> Listen, if I don't have to say much today, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> the plan, didn't I? <laughs> We're here to talk to you guys. <laughs> I mean, it, just to summarize the property, right? We have the the, the bottle shop we're in mm-hmm. now. We have our meeting house that'll be cocktails and small bites. We have a beautiful outdoor patio mm-hmm. uh, that for the you know three weeks a year we get nice weather here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, we'll be able to have yeah, cocktails. Be a great side. three weeks. I like to call this. A, <laughs> I like to call this our whiskey campus. I'm the only yeah. one that likes to say that, but mm-hmm. I'll say that. But I love it. Uh, you know, the the barrel house, the production building. Yeah, three ba- three buildings makes a campus. It does. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I mean, campus yeah. staff. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Campus staff. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's, that's what that's what your employees are going to be called. Campus staff. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, talk. So there's two bars technically out here. Talk to me about the first one here. Well, I I gotta let Alan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's a spring but, but because but I, I do I do want to before Ellen starts to talk again <laughs> that the the details and you guys have seen them and and you know I saw you taking some pictures but what we have going on the fit and finish and the attention to detail mm-hmm. in the meeting house and the bottle whiskey shop is is all Ellen I mean the 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 the, the you know the the detail the colonial fixtures. The bar she's going to talk about, the Springhouse Bar, you know, just mm-hmm. kudos I mean, to her. Yeah. I mean, like we talked details job. of just the branding last time, right? Like how mm-hmm. much thought and detail went into the branding itself. I would expect nothing less yeah. from you guys a place that you guys into built, a place. You know. <laughs> yeah, can you talk, when, you, when you're when you talking about the bars and everything, can you talk, tell us all also about just how, because everything in here was inspired in, in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm by the whiskey rebellion that era yeah the um the uh outside of our place is built to look like the uh oliver miller homestead the david bradford home there's a lot of great museums in washington county that reflect the time so we wanted to again honor what happened here and so everything is based pretty much on on um, that. The, the idea behind the Springhouse Bar is that you'll be able to come in and um, sit down at your table, and then you can either go up to the bar and talk to the bartender. We will also have small plates. You'll be able to order on tavern-style plates. You'll be able to order small bites to go with your cocktails. But whenever we've done the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky, you've always felt like 
the places that you like the most have the good whiskey paired with the good experience. Mm-hmm. And so it for us, it's been um, trying to make sure that that experience matched the beauty and quality of the natural grains that we're getting and the way that the, the pot stills are distilling and the way the barrel house is aging. So if you're going to have a good whiskey that we've worked a long time to make, I wanted it to be in a place that you really thoroughly felt comfortable. And 1794 just is a comfortable time. I mean, I guess it's a little safer from wild animals, but <laughs> but we uh, but we tried to we tried to base it on what um, what is already around here. You can go to a lot of museums and see places like this as well. But we just went with that. The spring house. And the other one I'm hoping is the cage bar. But uh, we haven't talked about that putting the cage up yet. In 1794, everybody went through Pennsylvania, hit Pittsburgh, and had boats made so they could move west, move all their stuff down the Ohio River at that time. And you saw those old tavern signs that people, there were no, of course, there were no um, hotels, grocery stores, anything. So if people were traveling, by law, you had to take them in at night. So you often see those big signs hanging up. Um, on the wall to, you know, only limit five people to a bed, no dogs in the kitchen, boots off upon entry. That's because people were going in and out of people's homes in Pittsburgh constantly. And you'd go to bed at night and a wagon would arrive, get out and help themselves to your whiskey. So Pittsburgh became famous for their cage bars. They just have their area where they kept their whiskey and they would just enclose it and lock it up at night. So if you were (laughs) traveling, you could. So my thought was we'd try to hang a couple of of, uh, cages cages back there to close (laughs) up. But we haven't done that yet. You still have a spring house here and then a back bar. Mm -hmm. It's still tavern feeling. The high wooden ceiling with the wooden beams and wooden chandeliers hanging down like candles. It should be uh, should be very warm and comforting. So the production area, much bigger, <laughs> and not fumbling over you know hoses and all that stuff for now. Right for now. Um, Are you guys doing bigger output? Yeah, we're trying. Oh, talk, <laughs> talk to me about. So we talked before when we were checking out the place beforehand. Talk to me about the flow of how the whole production area is set up. Yeah, so it works out pretty well for us. We kind of view it as um, step one is grain input, right? So the farmers deliver the grains. We have that set up in the back corner, flows naturally right into our cooker where it's cooked in a mash, uh, ferments right around there before being pumped a little bit over towards the other back corner where the still's located, distilled into spirit right conveniently next to the barrel warehouse, right? Barrels rolled across the street <laughs> into the ricks. It's a big circle. Yeah, it's a big circle. After that, barrels come back out. They get blended and bottled. And then right back out the same garage door hmm. for his final product. So it's the circle of life, man. It's a circle of <laughs> it's a circle of whiskey. Right. So you have your still that you brought over. Yes. Right. Yes. And you also bought another one. Yes. Talk to me about the difference in sizes between what you had yep. and what you have now. Yep. So main goal for us was in the old location, we had one still, which we would use for both first and second distillations. All of our product is distilled twice, uh, no more, no less. So on this system, the way that we wanted to set this place up was we'd be able to scale with more fermenters. So as you add fermenters, each one needs to go through that first distillation run. That still gets tied up a little more often with what we call it. The first distillation, we call it a stripping run. Uh, It gets tied up with stripping runs a little more often. Mm -hmm. So in order to free up our original Herald to do 
final runs, they couldn't be doing stripping runs every single day. So we had to right. bring in a designated stripping still. So um, for us, Harold, the still we're bringing over is a 600 gallon. Uh, it'll be uh, designated significantly or um, solely for second spirit runs. And then the uh, the stripping still we just sourced from Vendome in Kentucky is a thousand gallon still. So, and then more importantly for us is if you guys have ever seen our existing still, which I know you have, Harold came over with a, a pretty tall, right? For a 600 gallon still, yeah. it's, it's got a nice tall inverted cone head on it. The line arm extends out about two feet out of the top of it before turning over and going down to the condenser. So it makes a pretty, it, it does a good job of making a really clean spirit. But for us to push through a whole lot of flavor, we like to keep the proof down. Right. So if you just still too close to vodka, that's no good. Right? right. You do want to clean it up to the appropriate amount. So for us, we wanted to make it a little easier on how or on Harold to uh, have a little bit of meat to work with, so to say, uh, so to speak. So the uh, stripping still that we got is uh, is short, short squat uh, <laughs> should make some really nice fat <laughs> low wines, essentially. <laughs> so we're pretty excited about that. So obviously with the addition of the thousand gallon. You're going to be doing a lot more product. We'll talk about how much product can fit in the barrel house here in a minute. Any thoughts of, I know for right now, you're only currently selling in PA. Any thoughts of expanding no. outside of the state? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not anytime soon. Okay. Uh, not anytime soon. So, yeah, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, right? There's still a lot of people in Pennsylvania who who haven't had our, our whiskey yet. We don't want to stretch ourselves thin, mm-hmm. try to make good whiskey, sell it here at home, and and uh, enjoy it. Pennsylvania is a pretty big state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> we have to make a lot of whiskey just to, you know, kind of get around the state of Pennsylvania. Well, sure. I mean, with us being in Western PA, we're so close to Ohio, New yeah. York, Maryland, West Virginia. And thought, I mean, yeah, we can go out east. There's yeah. tons of space over there, but I wasn't yeah. sure because we were so close. Are there any thoughts of like dipping into either well, one de- of those? Definitely in the future. I mean, yeah. not, not in the next several years, but yeah. once, once production kicks in here and mm-hmm. we have the, we have the barrels and we mm-hmm. have the inventory, then, you know, we, we, we do have plans to target a very regional, um, you know, uh, network, you know, mm-hmm. places that we can go to support Ohio, New York, mm-hmm. Maryland. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think. I haven't heard of this before. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's our tasting room, the majority of customers um, for tours and for bottles are not from the Pittsburgh area either. I'll get travel. We get yeah. a lot of travelers. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And the other nice thing is um, not only as we make more, but as the whiskey gets older as well. So yeah. pretty cool on our part. We just um, we actually uh, we just ordered new labels for our next round of bottles and we increased the age statement from two years to three years old. Nice. So that's that's pretty nice. We're slowly crept up to three years old. And then uh, honestly, I think for a Western Pennsylvania brand, traditionally the rye was three to five years old. So I don't know exactly where our you know final age statement will be, say, if we're still fortunate enough to be doing this in 15 years. But my money is it's going to be somewhere in that three to five year yeah. age statement. So right now, every time we... Um, answer the question of whether or not do we want to sell here or sell there. Um, it's kind of a trade-off as far as how long it takes to get to a third year or say a fourth year, right? So mm-hmm. as that age statement gets older, that question may change mm-hmm. a little bit, but mm-hmm. pretty cool. We just increase it to three years. So it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And that's because, what, thanks. Because what's, what's been in bottles, you know, has been about that three-year mark. You know, the bottle says, you know, minimum of, of two years. It's mm. over the last... Seven or eight months, it's crept up nicely. We feel confident enough that 
Yeah. We won't need to pull anything younger than three years. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. And, and then I'm also particularly excited about it because for us, that was kind of a no brainer to go from two to three. In the future, to go from three to four, I think that's going to be more of a subjective question than an objective one, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be like, kind of, what do you prefer? It's not going to be like, wow, this is objectively better. I think it's going to be more like, hey, internally, what do we prefer? Do we mm-hmm. want a little more of that oak flavor? Or do we miss some of that, you know, like, bright grainy flavor that comes yeah. through in the three-year-old version so so will you guys be making that decision also like based on the type of whiskey like for example you said like rye whiskey yeah uh, back in the day especially yeah three to five years was a sweet spot yeah so you maybe try to keep it three to five years of the whiskey would that maybe be different with your bourbon yeah would you, would you then pres- very very realistically it could be so that two to three um wasn't across the board decision uh moving forward pretty easily yeah it could be case by case kind of case thing. by case yep so with the ramp up in the amount of production that last time we talked in 2019 to now like once this is up and running are you still using the same like farms and stuff where you're getting like your your grain and everything yeah or did you have to like expand to a couple farms or yeah we've had a uh, we've had a change in corn farmer as of about two years ago but that was that was really no surprise jeremy grew us a lot of really good corn mm-hmm. um now we're with a a, a gentleman named nevada who grows <laughs> both both grows both both our corn and rye uh out towards the center of the state i believe it is yeah. okay um so yeah we've, yeah. we've nevada's from pennsylvania <laughs> a little confusing. And he actually, cool his, his, him his, his best buddy's name is Austin. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did their parents want to leave? <laughs> He's like you guys' age, so like he, he'll be at farming for a long time. Yeah, that's a great reliable source. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you guys will be in. Yep, yeah. yep. He grows all our bloody butcher corn and all our Pennsylvania rye, so brings it out whenever nice. we need it. Um, mm. Usually brings us some beef jerky as well. Ooh, so, yeah. Will we be able to? Get some of that in our yeah, we're really yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and you know, just to show how distillers in the state support each other, uh, we were referred to Nevada uh, from our good friend Herman. Mm. Oh yeah, Herman's Herman. hat. Yep, Funny. love Herman. Thanks, yeah. Herman. So thanks. Shout out to Herman. Yeah, yeah. He's also the other supplier that we're really excited to work with. Is um, we've been working with West Virginia Great Barrel Company for about two and a half, maybe three years now. And um, so, yeah, they're our sole barrel provider at this point. Yeah, which we're super excited about. Those guys are awesome. And um, just as importantly is they source Appalachian oak, right? Oh, right on. Yeah, because kind of like the mecca of all the cooperages is not surprisingly out towards Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And those guys tend to do all their forestry and logging in the Ozarks, Mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of interesting to uh, get linked up with a cooperage that's super professional, really knowledgeable, really experienced, and happens to do a lot of their logging out in the Appalachian Forest. So um, the jury's out on how big of a difference that makes, but it's (laughs) definitely something we are interested in finding out. That's really cool. I mean, the flavor profile, everything about this from top to bottom is going to be very like Appalachian. Exactly. It's going to be it's exactly. Pennsylvania tri-state area kind of a thing. Exactly. And like, it's just something like rising tide floats all boats with just your partnerships and everything like that. We might've covered this already, but you mentioned working with these, these Coopers. How many barrels did you guys, were you guys able to store previously versus how many will you be storing in the brick house now? So, so be- what will that do for your relationship with the Cooper? Yeah. The um so at the old place we had we had two locations where we were storing the whiskey barrels and we're gonna be bringing over about six hundred and fifty, I believe, and we're bursting at the seams there. So that was a little bit over capacity probably at the uh, at the old place. 
And um, and so this this barrel warehouse is capable of holding 3,600 barrels. Oh, yes, and please. So <laughs> there's a little bit of room to grow. A little bit of room to grow. So back to the production with this larger facility now, way more capacity. Of the, are you worried about, like, is there any sort of, like, not concern, but just extra thought process in the end result? Like, I know, like, we talked before, like, when you go from, like, smaller barrels to bigger barrels, you got to have to kind of play with it a little bit to, to make sure it's still, is there any, like, any extra thought process in moving from what you were producing, like, the amount you were producing there to here, or is it just, like, pretty much, like, one-to-one? You know what? The, what's funny, the, the first thing we did, actually, after uh, we got onto the uh, property and we're, we're interested in it, we actually, we went to the um, apartment complex next door and got a water sample. Um, and... Uh, and uh, and compared it to to our water sample back at uh, in Washington. Now they're from the same source, um, and so the test came back very similar. Uh, but it is new piping compared to old Washington yeah. uh, piping. So um, there is some thought of of subtle changes, but we think we feel pretty confident. the 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 makeup of the water is pretty darn similar. Gotcha. Um, and that was another big reason for wanting to bring over Harold uh, mm. as well. So. So we'll have the same yeast source, we'll have the same grain supplier, same water source, new place. We'll swab, um, we'll swab the distillery back uh, back on Maiden Street, and and there's a lot of natural bacteria and yeast in the in the air, and we'll try to cultivate some of those and bring them over to nice. here as well. Yeah. So um, I think overall we've tried to consider you know every possible um, difference that could change from location to location. And then I think the really one of the biggest ones is having gone through that first expansion, how the stills run. We learned so much in the first um, first still growth and mm-hmm. and what to look for and, and feel pretty confident. And I think our break-in period for this this setup is going to be a lot faster than our break-in period for uh, when we went to Big Herald. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think the biggest thing we'll have to watch out for over the next couple of years, as far as mashing and running the stills, like Kev said, don't see too much potential for drastic change there. The one thing we'll be interested to see is the rickhouse aging environment versus mm-hmm. our previous kind of basement. Um, and jury's out to uh, to kind of how we our opinions on that in the uh, three years down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited for it. I think it'll be interesting. On the blending table, we always kind of appreciate having differences between barrels, mm-hmm. right? That gives us a right. little bit better opportunity to blend to consistency. Uh, and I think it'll give us some really awesome single barrels. That's for sure. So that was that was that's perfectly into my next question. Moving into the Rick House, yeah. Before we talked about, we discussed what your definition of Monongahela Rye was, and in that talk, you talked about having like this cement like Rick House, basically. This isn't that. Yep. So yeah, we broke tradition on that. Yes, <laughs> we, we love we love airflow. Every yeah. single one of our favorite. If you were to ask us to pick our ten favorite barrels we've ever done, every single one of them was highly oxidized, highly esterified mm-hmm. whiskey. Right, getting the oak in there tosses. One of the easier, one of the more boring parts. I love oak flavor as much as anybody, mm-hmm. but for us, these pot stills they make big, fat, oily whiskeys, mm-hmm. and so we're finding that we really prefer a lot of oxidation in these barrels as they yeah. age. So whenever it came time to picking this aging environment, it was an absolute no-brainer. Put an above-ground rickhouse in, get windows in them, keep it open, make sure they're stored horizontally, not vertically, um, trying to get all that air on Will it. you guys keep the windows open year-round? Yeah. Uh, yeah, jury's out, but probably. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. The first time we went up to the fifth floor, when they got it done, 
Kevin and I were standing side by side and he goes, open up one of these new windows, see how easy they open. We opened the window and the breeze was just blowing through there. And the two of us looked at each other, the wind. Oh. And Kevin's going, we're on a hill. This is jackpot. Yeah. It was yeah. such a great It's, it's not good for angel share, but it's always tasted, at least for us, our favorite. So talk to me about how you ended up with that structure, like the, the thought process of like going with, nope, we're going to go with the way more traditional looking warehouse, brickhouse. Like I think every decision we make in, in um, production and in front of house too. It's based on code. No. <laughs> <laughs> like every decision, it was the fire department. <laughs> Rob is like, nobody can sue us from this interview. Everything is fine. I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> Our decisions were based on laws, not on not on whiskey consumption. Yep. No, it, entirely taste, right? A hundred percent taste decision. And um, you know, in our basement downstairs, we've had uh, palletized barrels and we've had horizontal right. uh, barrels. Right. And um, like Rob said, the airflow. I mean, every every single time, it it produces to us. Yeah. Uh, a whiskey that we enjoy more. And so, you know, it was either between uh, horizontal wood ricking uh, or palletized. And yeah. and you can go high with pallets. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. A lot of people do whiskey that way. But when you think about it, when you, when you stack barrels on pallets like that, you're, you're packing them in tight. That airflow between barrels is mm-hmm. so much less than mm-hmm. uh, it is horizontally with spacing between each one. So for mm-hmm. us, it was just kind of almost a no-brainer where, mm-hmm. hey, you, you know, make the investment because um, in the end of the day, it's it's a hundred percent taste. I mean, when I when we walked through it earlier, I I felt like I was back down in Kentucky mm-hmm. or just on some of my tours. It was just like you just look up and you're just like, yeah, this is this is what it, when I think Rick House, this is what that looks like. It's like a whiskey cathedral. We, yeah. yeah. We the the guys that built that for us yeah. were from Bardstown, Kentucky. Music construction. They they build pretty much every Rick House for the big distilleries in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And um, when they were here, they told us that this is the smallest five story Rick House that they've ever built. <laughs> um, Thirty six hundred barrels. I mean, they built. We thought that was huge. Forty fifty thousand. Yeah. 60, oh yeah. Thousand barrels. But but what really kind of resonated with us is that. You know, that that fifth floor, those five floors are really important because each floor is its own kind of microclimate, its own Mm -hmm. temperature, its own humidity. And so when you factor in kind of in a smaller footprint, the average distance of any barrel to the nearest window is much smaller than in a 50, 60,000 barrel workhouse. We think, you know, we think just in terms of, you know, the, the aging environment, it, it's going to be, you know, maybe world, the best world thing. class. I mean, it's going <laughs> to be phenomenal. I mean, you said it's no other Rick House in, in the state is like this, correct? Yep. Yeah. Nope. No other. They had to get their, uh, they had to get uh, to move their PE license to the state of Pennsylvania okay. to, <laughs> to be able to. Uh, in, so, you guys, a, so I'm sorry, Rob. Uh, as an added bonus, the uh, slight smell of Permani Brothers lost <laughs> right through the windows. <laughs> yeah. But we, we can't it right. Are we going to have a Permani Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> So, so what you're saying, what you're, what you're saying is, um, we're gonna start having like a, a cap egg and coleslaw. <laughs> if the wind hits, I get just the fries, <laughs> the French fries, the coleslaw yeah. fry mix, kind of on the nose now. <laughs> put, put, put the fries and everything. Why not your whiskey? 100%. Um, so, because of those 
something that really stuck out to me that you just said, Jim, the micro environments. And you guys talk about, you know, how that can affect the whiskey. Do you guys find, do you guys think that you'll be kind of circulating your barrels to see what type of whiskey ages best at a particular level within the rickhouse? The, the plan right now is to load everything completely randomly. Um, so that way we kind of cover all our bases nice. and assume that you get some, you know, rye whiskey up top, some rye whiskey in a more mild climate, some bourbon in up top. And then after three to four years, kind of to be seen whether or not, mm-hmm. hey, like these bourbons up top are unbelievable. These ryes mm-hmm. down here are out of this world. If mm-hmm. we maybe start allocating at that point, mm-hmm. um, we definitely plan to kind of randomize and go all over the place to start with. Yeah. yeah. How long do you think it'll take you production wise to fill it? Two years, two and a half, two and a, yeah. So, <laughs> so to piggyback off of that, how long before we see our first bottle to come out of this distillery? So, based on that three-year age statement, that's the easiest answer to yeah. that. Probably three and a half years at this point. Mm-hmm. It might be four years before then. Um, so, yeah, three and a half, four years, something like that. Yeah. But we still have, you know, the barrels. Some of the barrels are older that we're bringing over. Some of the barrels we just made two weeks ago. Those will still be aging and yeah, available, so we'll yeah. still have the good stuff. Not that we want a good stuff. That came out wrong. Mm-hmm. But we'll still have the, original the good stuff. stuff the, mm-hmm. the OG stuff. Just the standard pole whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> the downtown Washington <laughs> stuff. Yeah, and what'll, what'll be fun is, right, we've got, see that we've got two-year-old, you know, lots of two-year-old barrels yeah. that we're going to move over here. So they'll spend their final year or two aging in this right that's just, what i meant just that'll be interesting just, to see how just changes. in time for summer too which is where they do <laughs> yeah. it's it, it feels to me at least as we monitor them it feels like they do 75 percent of their yearly aging mm-hmm. in those like four hottest months of the year so mm-hmm. now that you have you know the brick house and you, you the different levels and be able to pull from this corner and this corner and the, these you know this spot here and this spot here and this spot here make a great blend you know kind yeah. of stuff yeah is there any thoughts of another product coming so, out, like eventually? So like I know some of them have like, you know, yeah. like this only comes from this section. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Any thought of a, a new product? Depends on where the ghost sets up shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, at this at this moment, probably not. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we if we like I said, if within a year or two, if things are just you know poking their head out mm-hmm. that we can't deny, yeah, then yes, yeah, so obviously. Gotcha. But for now, not at the moment. I mean, I know you just talked about you want to consistently have a single barrel product available, so right. that will. De- I mean, having yeah. thirty six hundred barrels will definitely be, <laughs> yeah. you know. Right. Um, but I wasn't sure if there's any other like, ooh, we really want to attempt to do this type of, pro- you know, kind of thing. So I really think the best thing we could do is to continue to taste those barrels every single day. <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> kind of, Obviously. you know, see what happens. You guys need any help. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it was funny. Well, they, they've got, the, they've got the angel share. They've yeah. got the devil's cut. Yeah. Now we need like the dream, the, 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 the ghost dram <laughs> for, for your ghost barrels. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be a good, good, good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Dreamians are share, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we all, we have a couple finishing projects right now that yeah. um, that we're really excited about. So that's maybe more of a direction I think that that will go mm-hmm. instead of something crazy different. It would be like right now we have a, a pita bourbon and a orange liqueur bat, uh, or barrel, okay, triple sec barrel, mm-hmm. and it was a it was pita bourbon that that it 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 was 
almost thin. It needed like a little bit of a um, kind of like a fruity type of balance to it. And and so we had tried through a few and thought the triple sec barrel would be great. And, and then a peated rye barrel and a Oloroso sherry cask. And it was very similar to where it just, we almost, yeah, almost needed like, and, and, and where it's trending right now is, what did you say yesterday, Rob? Like almost tastes like, like jelly whenever you're, you know, peated rye with like juice. <laughs> juice, yeah. And this <laughs> bottle will be available it's, whenever it's ready. <laughs> it's tough. It, it is. It's tough to call. It's it's our first uh, go around with finishing projects. So they're two and a half months old right now. Um, we kind of had our fingers um, penciled in at three to five months, mm -hmm. right, for a finishing project. Yeah. Based on how they're going, the gut feeling is now closer to nine months. Okay. Which puts us like Christmas. Yeah, it puts us like Halloween, Thanksgiving well, that kind of time, perfect time, time for it. At least something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. So we're oh, excited. Man. We're excited. We've got a couple other ones. We're getting close. Our rose and rye is almost three years old. We've got another batch of mesquite rye on the on, mm. on the horizon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That was one of the ones. That, that was one of the ones they tapped for us last time we talked. Yep. That, I remember uh, falling on my. Butt. They were still. They were testing them out. Yeah, and they had. Yeah. The other um, one that's uh, actually another one too. That's it's maybe not as cool as sounding as the mesquite rye, but um, we actually did the the famous ninety five five. Uh, MGP mash bill. Mm -hmm. um, but why we're excited about it is because obviously that's a great recipe and they do it incredibly well mm -hmm. uh, and consistent and mm -hmm. and uh, some of the best in the world at making that rye whiskey. Uh, but it's on a big continuous column still. And so we thought how cool would it be to try that recipe on a pot still and, and yeah. maybe a little bit more kind of the whiskey nerd type of release, but oh, it's, absolutely. It, it tastes really interesting. And it's, it's, you have those similarities from MGP in terms of the mash bill, but mm -hmm. it's clearly a pot distilled whiskey. And that's what <laughs> I'm excited for. So what um, the, the term is escaping me right now, but when we go, when you're placing the barrels mm -hmm. in the Rick house, there was a certain technique you had to learn, right? So you knew clocking clocking. Yeah. Thank you. You want to talk, talk about, I, people probably have no idea what that is. So talk to us about what that <laughs> Is. Okay. Yeah. So, so there, there's the, the, the entry port for the barrel is called the bung, right? That's the name. <laughs> what? It. It's called the bung. The bung. Yep. Can you guess where, can you, can you guess where you put the bung? What, what In the, the bung hole. That's correct. Right? That's it it's is. also where you thief it from. <laughs> that's true. And uh, so that, that's made from poplar. It's a little bit less. Tell me you thief the bung hole. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> any other bung, any other bung comments? <laughs> Probably keep going. Um, but you don't want that uh, facing downwards. It's poplar. It's a little bit more susceptible to leaks. So you have to, when you roll the barrel onto the rick, it has to be virtually vertical mm -hmm. up in the air uh, within a couple degrees. And so, um, and now you're 16 barrels deep. So you have a good 20 feet that you have to roll this barrel and hopefully you're in the right place. So the job of the clocker is to start the barrel in the right position so that when you roll it to its position, that bung is is right up. So Jeff, our guy Jeff, I don't think he slept for the last couple of weeks. He's been practicing all night. Sneaks into the wake up. Why is this barrel empty? I don't know. <laughs> Jeff actually might live in that barrel. It's the concrete share. <laughs> just just put him a hammock in the one corner. <laughs> so what is the technique for getting them? And this might be a really ignorant question, getting them all the way up to the fifth level. Uh, so Jeff straps. I carry him. <laughs> <laughs> There, that's Jim's workout for the day. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, uh, a little elevator on mm. the inside of it. And so you will roll two barrels onto this ele elevator and lift them up uh, 
with the motor in the roof and mm -hmm. take it to each floor. Race it up the stairs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Donkey Kong style. <laughs> now we're going to be fit, man. Oh, yeah. Fit and drunk. No, no tasty. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's important to stay hydrated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so if you could go back in time to 2016 when you first started open and could tell yourselves something, what would it be? Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get a real job. <laughs> As we sit in your beautiful new... Yeah, in, in under a decade, y'all have gone and built yourself a brand new <laughs> campus <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with the only Rick House of its kind in the state. Yeah, no, I think... Steeped in history... Dad, uh, Dad said this before. Um, you know, naivete is the the fuel that drives mm -hmm. you know entrepreneurs. If you if you didn't if you knew all the things that you'd have to go through, it'd probably be too hard to start, too scary to start. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, just a passion for whiskey and a passion for great whiskey experiences and cocktails. I think is just continued pushing us day after day. And mm -hmm. I think there we're probably some of the foremost competitive people out there, and just that <laughs> constant. Uh, desire to want to be better and better and better and yeah but from a parent standpoint i think your dad and i have been very very proud to be included and work with you and see you guys you're just uh very very careful how you handle everything and and making sure that that you are the best at what you do and that's a whole nother part of it that we didn't count on seeing right jim i mean yeah. they used to never make their beds and now we have this. No, it is very ah, cool. Now we're talking about upright bones. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know. Next thing you know. You know, John, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I don't really know that we could have done it differently. I mean, I tell myself, you know, I would never start with five-gallon barrels again. But, um, <laughs> you know, it. I, I think it was it – was, essential to our growth and, and, you know, the feedback loop on a five gallon barrel is, mm -hmm. is much less, you know, much quicker than, than if we'd have gone right into 53 gallon barrels. So, so we knew, you know, we knew in five to six months, kind of, we had a really good read on that whiskey and, and mm -hmm. we could, you know, kind of make adjustments and that, that worked that's way, it worked that way all the way through the different barrel sizes mm -hmm. to, you know, I would have been terribly scared if, Everything we put it, you know, from our first distillation went into a 53-gallon barrel waiting right. for that barrel. Oh, did we do it right? I mean, mm -hmm. we've got three years invested in this barrel now. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you know, the five. I think the five-gallon barrels, we, we made some darn good whiskey. You can make yeah. good whiskey out of a small barrel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just it was a, a learning process for us all the way through those mm -hmm. barrel sizes to when we hit 53s. We really, you know, had a very good feel for for how to make good whiskey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if we could teach ourselves what we know now back then, I guess that would be the uh, mm -hmm. how to make whiskey, how we do it. But other than that, yeah, I think I think to be where I'm at now, like Dad said, I think uh, I'm not sure there's much I would change or or be able to tell us now that mm -hmm. that uh, you guys wouldn't be who you are if you didn't do everything right. the way you did it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then, yeah. Right. Change one little thing mm -hmm. might not get the same result. Yep. Yeah. I do remember the one time uh, when uh, it was pretty early on and uh, we were making a tails cut and we were like, you know what, just from what we're seeing in these five gallon barrels, we think we need a little bit more of, of, of you know, these, these fatty acids, these oils. Mm -hmm. 
and we made like a, a fairly good sized jump. And I remember we were sitting around the, the tank. I'm like, man, this doesn't work out. Like, better update the resumes. Uh, <laughs> just that thought, but it was it was one of the best things we learned. And it mm-hmm. was like, that was just one stepping stone on the, you know, even further down into the, into the tails. And the bigger the barrel you get, you know, the more you need of that and things like that. But but yeah, that was definitely a, a, a memory that stuck out. That <laughs> We do a lot of standing around the big still, like when old Howie gets started. We'll all stand there um, nervously watching, <laughs> Not, except for Rob. Rob's confident. <laughs> always, every step of the way has been a nervous guess. <laughs> oh, come on. Admit it. Piggybacking <laughs> <laughs> a little bit off of what you were saying, Ellen, just as parents watching your sons grow and everything. Um, sorry, sir. Uh, this this has been a family enterprise, you know? Um, and do you, do you think that this familial element to this enterprise has been instrumental and key to, to, to making it what it is today? At least three of the four. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> which one it is. <laughs> I don't think we could have done it one person or two people. I think it took all four of us. And I think we all had different strengths and so we were made to do this, I think. I mean, it sounds weird, doesn't it? But um, as Kevin said, we're competitive. So that forces each of the rest of us to be on top of our game. There's also uh, love of and pride that I don't know if you'd get if you weren't a family. Mm-hmm. So there's a higher bar to cross over by making the best whiskey you possibly can because it's a symbol and a representation of all of us. So I do think it's taken all four of us to do this. It was just perfect the way we were. Kevin said that. He came home. Jim started the the business, and um, we were only open a couple weeks, and Kevin and Rob came home from their regular jobs and took us out to dinner. And I always tell people that Jim and I thought we were they were going to put us in the nursing home. But no, they said they wanted to that join. That was, was plan A. <laughs> <laughs> That they they said that they wanted to join. And Kevin said, I think we all have different skills and I think we would be a good team. And looking back on that, that has been exactly what it's been. Totally what it's been. And being able to build your own and put what you wanted into it. What is one thing that each one of you wanted to see in the new place? I I, I think when we hired our architect firm mm-hmm. um we brought them into our original location and just kind of said you know hey look around this is what we want mm-hmm. but in a bigger footprint mm-hmm. you know more modern things that that you know the modern amenities that we don't have in our current location mm-hmm. um so i really wanted that charm i wanted that that um you know that intimacy that that old world colonial feel Mm-hmm. These guys, I'm sure. I just wanted air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, and I didn't get it. <laughs> You're oh, no, you, air conditioning. You have those two big doors open. You get plenty of Kevin. <laughs> I don't know if I can top that. <laughs> 
pudding. <laughs> pot stills. That was the main thing. Yeah. So we, we we knew for a fact there was no way we were leaving those pot stills behind. So yeah. It gets attractive to start to jump towards those continuous columns. Um, as the fermenters get bigger, it's just more reliable. It's easier to run. It's easier to train to. It makes very, very consistent and very good product. But the more we ran these pot stills and the more we started monitoring these guys as they aged, we knew it was not an option. We were sticking mm. with them. So, mm. Well, it's the essence of what you are, too, yeah. and what your taste yeah. is. So, so if you switch that, I mean, it's not like it's yeah. – it's not like you're going from a 600 to a thousand. Yeah. Like you're changing completely. Yeah. And that could have yeah. very big effects yeah. on the taste. Definitely. I mean, you can taste the Liberty pole whiskey. You know, it's a Liberty pole whiskey Hell yeah. when you, you don't have to have the bottle in front of you. Yep. Take yep. a sip. doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's a bourbon or the rye or what have you. It really, really preserves that grain flavor, yeah. which we absolutely love um, in smaller barrels and at younger age statements. I think sometimes that pot grain tends to get confused for youthfulness at times. The older it gets, the more, we love it. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, not that it, I don't care if it gets confused for youthfulness or maybe it's just as it gets older, like that's what you're actually looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we knew we weren't changing for a minute and there's, there's not many pot stills bigger than the thousand gallon one we have out there. There's definitely a, a, a chunk, but not many of them. And it's not cause we're a big distillery. We're, we're not. It's because Nobody puts them in, right? Yeah. They're, 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 they're more expensive to run. They take longer. You can't turn them over quite as quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for us, we knew we weren't looking. So that's, that's really what I wanted to see was pot stills. I, I think, I guess for me, probably was the, the barrel ricks uh, we were talking about. Yeah. And I think that was pretty important. Yeah. I think that was pretty important. And dad's answer. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I think I've been driven by a vision Kev, of it Kev being finished. Kevin spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The vision of the end of it, because I just love the barrel reactions to our whiskey and how it comes out. And I think what's driven me through the whole process, the one thing I want to see is the four of us and our two wives. Sta- your two wives, I mean. Stand- <laughs> Please. <laughs> the six of us standing in the barrel house with a Glen Cairn and a good barrel, and we all go, dang, we did this. We did That's what's keeping me going. <laughs> It's actually against protocol. You're not allowed to drink in the warehouse. Oh. <laughs> now you tell me. <laughs> I quit. I'm out. She's per, done. Per the, per the fire department. <laughs> fire department doesn't have to be there. <laughs> They're just telling me that because they know I drink all the time. Out of the <laughs> Behind their back. Actually, there's, uh, there's going to be um, the key cards to get into doors. Some of the doors are uh, are uh, oh, no. not keyed. We're excited oh, about that. No. There's a... You're getting me a key card to the barrel house. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's on to it, us, guys. Here's the, here's the family aspect coming out right now. <laughs> Mom, you locked out. <laughs> key card. To the so I know. So I know it's not open yet, and it's not done. But if you guys had to say what your favorite part or what you're most excited for, what has left the biggest impression on you guys since you've been here these last couple hours? You want to go first? Or are you going to think for a minute? You could say pot stills. <laughs> you could say barrel house. I, the Rick house is just, it, no one has it around here. No one, and you, you brought a company from Kentucky to do it. And I just, it's aesthetically, it's, that's amazing. You walk in and you're just like, yes. Um, but I think I'm, I'm super excited to drive up around the corner after you've opened, see the patio filled, see that room filled. So people, in here, but people, I'm just excited to see people here. 
Because even though you're no longer downtown Washington, I don't think this move five, ten minutes up the road is really going to affect you guys that much. If you're closer not, to my house. Yeah, you're closer <laughs> to us, which is probably bad for our wallets, but. <laughs> Definitely bad for our wallets. Yeah. What do you think? Or did I steal your? No, answer? you didn't. No, 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 no. no, no. I, 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 couldn't decide. I, yeah. You started us off in the Rick House, and I was like, "This is a whiskey church." Um, That's it, exactly. And um, church on campus, right? And uh, and then we came in here, and you started talking about the design decisions and the space and the inspiration behind it, and and I it just the excitement for me just built on itself. I, at no point was I like, "Oh, well, that's cool," but it's not that thing. It was just kind of it was. I, I think my favorite thing about this is that this place is just so quintessentially you guys just at a grander scale. That's my favorite thing about this place. It's I mean, we, everything sorry. that makes you guys you, whether it's building the first brick house of its kind in Pennsylvania to integrating the history into the building to giving a damn about <laughs> quality control, even though you're ramping up production and wanting to do, wanting to do pot stills instead of the easy thing because pot stills is what makes you you part of what makes you you. Mm -hmm. I, I can't pick out one thing because it's all just Liberty's pole. You you scaled up, but you still stayed true to you. But I mean, did we talk about detail? I mean, God, I we walked in to the meeting house and immediately hit with this beautiful blue that is all over the other the other location and i just immediately went yeah this is this yes kevin i'm looking at your hat right now your hat is the colors of the building <laughs> i mean even the crazy like the, i can't match my clothes i don't know how <laughs> the the spring bar right yeah. yeah did you notice the thing on the side they had it's not fully done yet yeah yeah yeah. we were talking we, we, oh yeah you were standing there too like yeah. having spring water come out of the spring house bar like it's amazing it's amazing i'm geeking I'm out, out over here i'm out the fact that you were like this is pennsylvania granite on the countertops i'm like yes. you guys are you guys are so committed to celebrating pennsylvania's rich history to whiskey mm -hmm. and it's in every single corner of this building and that rick house and in every bottle you guys put out it's just it's awesome i also love that we get the sander in the background <laughs> and it is an active construction zone, so people are going to have to deal with it. Those, you know what those sanders are? That to me says there's whiskey coming. That's right. Yeah. No, I'm it's just a thinking. Promise of bottles. I'm just thinking of how much Tomas is going to cuss us out. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll bring him here. We'll He's be got like, a couple weeks to work like, on this. First cocktails on us, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. My favorite thing is that this is, it's still Liberty Pole. It's just, we get more of it. Yeah. And that's that's what we yeah. wanted it to be. And my only other question usually is what's next, but I think we're at, we're in what's next. <laughs> the next what's next is July 1st, my friend. <laughs> Another barrel warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh -huh. Mom thinks she's done, but she's got another. Uh, yeah, she's got another warehouse. She's yeah, gonna I'm, done. I'm, I'm just gonna. You're done until the next project. <laughs> Do you have any other questions? Can I stay the night? Yeah. <laughs> Josh, do you have any questions? I think I hit all the ones you had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John's just like the list is not stopping. <laughs> Quick shout out. Also to Josh yeah. from Thrifty Whiskey yeah. for being our official videographer, the third Dram Yenzer, um, and setting us up with this 
I'm trying to swear less, but there's no other way to say it. Kick-ass setup. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you. I just want to answer the question one I'm most excited about. This is the mezzanines of Orbital Production. Oh. That's what I'm most excited about. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, just in case they could, you couldn't. I mean, I can hear you kind of, but we'll see. I don't know if Tomas will You said you're excited for that mezzanine that overlooks production. Yeah, absolutely. That's begging so cool. to be like a share spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put some nice tables up there and some chairs. So that's actually where our chairs are going to go. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good day to look over the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! All the serfs. <laughs> My spot. Hang out with the aristocracy. <laughs> any, any other? Is there anything, anything else you guys, guys want, want people to, to know? Is there anything that that you guys want to you know? Do you just want to get people fired up about other than? Brick houses, pot stills, Pennsylvania rye. Uh, uh, we're, I think we're just excited to show people. I, we can't wait for people to come hang out here. The people make it, right? I mean, I think you walk into the, the current place and it's like people who have been there before, if it's busy um, and someone's walking in who's like clearly there for the first time, mm -hmm. um, just a, a, a guest who's standing around the table will walk somebody through uh, oh, yeah. what the you know what how this place works and and it's because it's snowballed it's 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 so much bigger than the four of us it's bigger than our whole team mm -hmm. it's uh it's the people that make it here and I, I can't wait for that I think that's going to be a, such a cool thing you you had mentioned that mm -hmm. um, yeah and, and and you had mentioned that we're scaling up but we're keeping true to ourselves and 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 that's I think what I'm most proud of and what I what I want people to see when they come here. I mean, we people love our original location and rightfully so. It's, mm -hmm. it's a really cool place. And so, you know, a lot of our regular frequent visitors are like, oh, we're going to miss this place. And yeah, I get it. You're going to so get in your car and drive a couple more minutes. When you, when you see <laughs> what we've done, I, I don't, I just don't want to, you know, I, I don't want people to think that we're moving up and selling out and changing who we are. I mean, we are who we've been and, and this place is really gonna gonna show that i think mm -hmm. you guys have just made more room for more people to enjoy it yep right. thank you thank you thank you a thousand thank times you over all right like, thank all of you guys thank you guys no, yeah. Yeah. you guys you guys were like our first distillery they were that we yeah. talked to and we just feel like everything we've done has been inextricably linked to you guys <laughs> we've grown up together that's right for sure you're our, you're 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 our older sibling for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but thank you for sure. allowing us to come in on a work day as we can hear the construction <laughs> in the background and you know if you're watching the video you see the hats and the the fireplaces all still walled up. But yeah. Ellen's got another interview at three. Yeah, thank you <laughs> thank you for taking time out of your day once again to allow us to come in here and have Anytime. a great conversation. Anytime. With you. It's our pleasure. Thanks for taking vacation days to come in. Yeah, here. true. <laughs> of course, <laughs> that's awesome. I've we taken them for worse. <laughs> <laughs> We're appreciative. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, one other thing that I want to bring up, because when we did the whiskey episode with two mm -hmm. of them before, we got to try something back then that wasn't out yet mm -hmm. and was still being, like, shopped around within, and that was the spiced whiskey, okay. the Mama Huff winter whiskey. <laughs> I have been, holiday whiskey. What, no, winter whiskey, because it goes, it extends That's true. It just, just extends past the holiday. I have been waiting for this. I still have some of that batch <laughs> that you guys let us try. Really? And I brought it with me so we could all 
you know, try to. We don't have to do it on the thing, but I brought it to let us all try it. So that's awesome. I have tears. High five. That is maybe the only bummer of today is being on the construction site. Though. Yeah. Not having uh, yeah. a bottle sitting on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have plenty of those, trust, you know. Those are definitely in our future, but the only thing I have left to say, Zachary, Josh, Huff family, cheers to you guys. John, Josh, <laughs> Huff family, cheers to you guys. <laughs> Cheers. And <laughs> Huff family. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to you guys. And cheers. Cheers. Yeah.